Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also the show formerly known as NXT 2 Pet. Oh! AW, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown. Power's still back, mate. Power is back. Um, I thought the power was dropping in on Monday there because I thought you were going to do the, uh, the wacky intro that I love so much. It's a uh, giddy this today. Tuesday exclusive. Yeah. Those that listen to the Raw review in there. Uh, sorry, the NXT preview. Yeah. The NXT review, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't listen to those, start listening to those because it's the, the best wrestling story show of wrestling. Week, genuinely, we've mentioned this on news. I feel like this is going to be a constant <laughs> content, but it's one of these things that we're reaching a certain apex in NXT at the moment. That's going to happen at Spring Break in tomorrow. Anyway, this is about SmackDown. God, it's Spring Break in tomorrow, isn't it? It is, yeah. But this is about SmackDown. Let's try and spin off the Rampage uh, review and just talk more about Spring Break. <laughs> do a double preview. There's so much. In power everywhere, so much of it is back that like you need to make time to sort of compartmentalise it. And this is the SmackDown bit of the powers being back. They've saved Karrion Cross. He changes people. I did not see that coming. Karrion, well, I did see Karrion Cross as the Fiend coming because I've seen it for the last three years. <laughs> but Karrion Cross is this specific brand of Fiend was a new one. Do you know something? And now you say Karrion Cross, you've undermined the point before I've even made it. <laughs> or maybe you haven't. This episode of SmackDown, I thought it was a tremendous episode of SmackDown this yep. night. I would again. Sick of it. I would compare in formatting and layout and style this episode of SmackDown to an AW an episode of AW Dynamite. Wow. Had last Wednesday's Dynamite not been mostly garbage. <laughs> I would compare them, but I can't. Because if you like look at this as an overview, we got um that like they weren't all I'm not saying that like it was promoted in the same way and a load of stories followed on coherently or whatever, but then I wasn't saying that last Thursday when we reviewed last <laughs> Thursday's Dynamite, just to reiterate that. You had like four, five-ish key matches, mm-hmm. two title defences, one tag team match driving a story forward, all that sort of stuff. Like there, it was really in-ring heavy. Yeah. And then when there wasn't matches going on, and like the main event, of course, at the moment is like kind of the big central story they've yeah. got in the company. Um, without needing the champion there to sort of oversee it all. No, and when you just the, let it play out from WrestleMania, don't you? It's a good story. Let the story finish the story. And when the <laughs> let the story finish the story, I will kill you. <laughs> when, when the... Um, it's because Dad's not here, I'm kicking off. When the... Um, 
You've proper throw me off. Yeah, when the matches weren't happening, which were all focused on belts or consequences, mm. it was promos about upcoming stuff mm. or like to your point about carrying cross, like teasers of the feuds to come. Very like focused. So you would have match of consequence or stakes. Little featurette, vignette, promo about thing that is definitely upcoming, not just some bollocks backstage WWE comedy happening for the sake of it because later on we've got a match. Yes. Like, that you would get a lot of on, say, a Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like, the backstage stuff on AEW never... Uh, Cedric might be able to correct me because he's got a better memory, better memory for AEW than me. A backstage interview has never triggered an impromptu match that I can remember. Mm. Ever. Like, the wackiness might be due to a match that's happening later that night or a match that's happening on Rampage, but it's never, what did you say about me? We're going to have to do something about that in the ring. Mm. And that's why like, the wacky comedy in WWE is so stupid because it's like, oh, but if I'd have just sat in catering, I wouldn't have gotten this skirmish with you backstage and now we're going to have to have a bloody match and I'm a wrestler. I don't want to wrestle. <laughs> like, it's, why, it's why the whole thing falls apart. This was super focused. The yeah. stuff that happened was supposed to happen. It was promoted ahead of time um, and the other characters that weren't wrestling this week came to work busy and with agendas. Yeah, that is, there's some really good dovetailing booking and uh, it didn't start off with an opening promo train, so I think Tony Khan can learn a lot from it. Oh, moment! Teachable moment! You are on one. You are on one today. We've had a weekend, haven't we? Not yeah. even together, we've just had nice weekends. Yeah. Getting silly, come back in fresh. I'm not hungover and I expect it to be. Yeah, want to see, I'm, the, I'm the same. I went to see Paramore Block Party in Birmingham, went to Snobs, shout out to DJs and Snobs. Uh, <gasps> yeah. But I... Um, don't feel raw. I'm 38 on Sunday, Jeez. clinging on to being 37. What a sad sentence that is, <laughs> right? And I expected to be absolutely hanging out my arse today because, as I was telling you this morning, came out of the gig and it had been like three, four hours, mostly standing still. Part of my fans are gentle. Um, but sweating a lot of the booze out, as you do at a gig. Yeah. Four Sambucas. <laughs> For how much? Five quid. <laughs> so... Like, that's not like a, in, amongst friends. That was like, well, let's get four each. Let's all spend a fiver on having four Sammy B's. And then we're basically back to where we were before <laughs> we went to the gig. We've got the gig buzz back yeah. within about like a minute of leaving the gig. God. <laughs> it's great. I don't think I could drink four Sambucas in a weekend, let alone back to back to back. It was thick, but I haven't drunk much this year. I haven't had the opportunity to go out and get re like really good and rat arsed this year <laughs> and uh you know uh, this is not one of them sort of like i'm not telling anybody to go out and drink i'm not sort of encouraging it you have your own relationship with alcohol whatever it is anybody listening to this podcast uh, we've all got different ones uh mine is teetering dangerously close to binging and then not drinking for like four months so that tends to be how it sort of works and i just expected to just not really feel this with you today yeah which is why i watched smackdown before my saturday even got going same. I, like, had to leave quite early for this plan at the weekend. And I've got my two kids, obviously, as well. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to give my wife a little lie-in before I just disappear for the weekend to drink. So I let her have a lie-in. And then I thought, well, then I've got to also pay attention to the kids because we leave the house at, like, 10 o'clock. So I got up at 5 a.m. Jesus. Alarm set, predated the kids getting out of bed to watch SmackDown and was happy with my decision. <laughs> I like that, we talked about like how our lives fit the wrestling in and stuff. And that was the biggest surprise, was that I wasn't resenting it. I wasn't yeah. watching, thinking, I've made this choice for maybe non-content related reasons, and I've had a really good time. I'm glad I did it. I did something I'm probably not going to be able to do in a few months' time. I slept for 11 hours. Oh, my God. Went to bed yeah. at 11 p.m. on Friday night. Oh. Woke up, it was 10 a.m. <laughs> 
I got like, I got in at about, on the Saturday night, I got in at about half three, moved back to the hotel, crashed instantly. Mm. Like that, that was me done. Just about keeping the eyes open in the Uber so you don't spoil your rating, but then straight away, face flat on the bed, dead asleep. Um, and then woke up at like, say, half nine without an alarm. So I had like six really good hours, even with a thick skull where like my brain expanding because of all the alcohol yeah. intake, trying to force its way out of my ears in my head. <laughs> That's like an undisturbed sleep that my body woke me up from instead of an alarm clock or a kid. So it was just like, I feel amazing. It was bliss. I feel absolutely incredible. I had, a, I had a fridge in the car in the back. I had a chocolate fridge. Oh. Like, imagine theoretically how wrong that could have gone. Loads of milk. <laughs> Loads of milk. Judgment Days is in the advert. Yes. Cena, yeah. Oh. Are you drinking my fridge? <laughs> 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 what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, smack now. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't have any promo trains or anything like rubbish you'd see on Dynamite. Um, we started with... <laughs> nice to park the cliched trash from We started with something that um, Tony Khan could learn from. Faction warfare. Uh, <laughs> Judgment Day. I'll stop oh now. God. I promise. Uh, Judgment Day. The thing is, you've got to go from this straight into Ruby and Rampage, where you can be earnestly cynical about AEW's flaws. <laughs> like the, you like this, and you're picking on some of the stuff that's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Judgment Day versus LWO, uh, this time represented by Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Judgment Day, of course, uh, represented by Damian Priest and Finn Balor. LWO and all versus who? Oh, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, of course. They're in the f***ing Judgment Day. And the other Is uh, Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. These have wrestled loads, and I never get tired of it. It's great. This was really good, man. This was really Ray and Santos as, like, the, basically, Dominic Mysterio is the Wish.com version of himself because he's like, I don't want Ray Mysterio's son. I've got Ray Mysterio's son at home. Literally, it's Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> like, Santos Escobar is the son that Ray wishes he had. They're That's wrestling, like, this sort of, this, like, father-son chemistry. Santos, like, being there, like... Doing the double teams with him and stuff like that. Uh, this is great. And I can go. Yeah. And like, so can dad. I mean, Ray, it's great working with you, sir. I love you. I mean, nothing. <laughs> it's, it's the chemistry with these two is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they've really, really nailed it with this. Wait, Barrett's talking about like upholding the rich history of the LWO, like it means anything. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going, yeah. I also like that they're, they're initially they started this match off as if Ray had been told, um, if you go past like 12 minutes, there's going to be uh, Judgment Day bollocks. So you have to win the match <laughs> in the first, like, ten. Uh, otherwise, you just know there's interference coming. Yeah. So he just immediately just nails a battle with a Hurricane Rana and goes for a lion salt to almost start the match, basically. Uh, so Escobar and Mysterio, like you say, just work brilliantly together. They they clear the ring. Mysterio misses a splash to the floor. Escobar goes for a dive. I think, yeah. Um, but Bala nails him with his clothesline to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Escobar's in trouble, but he gets out of it from uh, Damian Priest with a drop kick. Mysterio hot tag. I just, I can't get over it. It feels like I've been saying this for over a year now, but... The Mysterio that I saw in WWE, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. I got a touch on this version. We were bordering on Pinished. Yeah. And it was like, fine, hell of a run. No shame in being prey, Pisterio, yeah. at this point in your career. I, it's like it never happened. Runs wild, sent on, middle rope crossbody, gets a near fall. Um, and then they miss the, uh, the tag from Damian Priest. So... He comes in, Mysterio sends him to the floor, hits Balor with a 619, Escobar hits a splash, um, and they're like, come on, Rev. And Rev's like, you, you, you missed the 
I'm telling big, you. Big six foot, six foot seven lad tagging yeah. in. So he nails Mysterio into the ring post and hits South of Heaven on Escobar for the one, two, three. Post matches, they're celebrating and headed up the ramp. Priest cuts a promo, reminding us that Bad Buddy comes to Raw tonight. Of course, we'll talk about that on the Raw preview later. And hopefully this time it'll go a little bit better than last <laughs> time when I murdered him through a table. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Just a thoroughly entertaining, absorbing, realistic feeling tag team match between two teams that you completely understand the chemistry of, both mm-hmm. physical and emotional. I love, love legal man tag team spots. Love them. There's another one in the Braun and Ricochet match that I just love. There was like a quick fire tag yeah. they did to set up the double team. I just think that like that level of detail disappeared from WWE tag team wrestling for decades. And like, if I'm honest, I wish... Let's just say Triple H for argument's sake here, but I wish the Triple H era, whatever the hell we're in now, had split its time a little bit better between tag teams and women. Yes. But he did try and fix one thing, and he's done it. Yeah. Like, this was a great tag team match, a great TV tag team match that right now is its own thing as part of the Judgment Day LWO feud, but kind of, like, contributes to the wider improvement of tag team wrestling within WWE. Mm. And we'd get more of that on this show, too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, following that, we get um, Cole and, and Barrett uh, talking about Solo Sakura versus Matt Riddle. They're having a no-DQ match later, and they heavily focused on table stir, mm. setting that up for later. Then uh, Postman Pierce gets a visit from Zelina. No, <laughs> Zelina Vega. I love this version of her character. Um, she's talking about the fact, look, the draft's coming next week. No one knows where they're going to end up. So in the meantime, I want to face Rhea Ripley at Backlash. It's in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. Give me a shot. And she deserves it. And it makes sense. Yeah. Was Jim Ross calling the show? Because this, again, was WWE Dynamite. Like, you've opened opened with a ripper of a tag match. You've set up an awesome hometown babyface title match with her. There's going to be a hell of a hope spot in that thing, even if we know that's all it's really going to be. But it's tied to the story at the time. I've loved these localised like, pay-per-view challenger spots over the last few months. Like, they've just nailed it. Mm. And this is going to be, like, this, again, feeling like this Judgment Day LWO premium live event is tremendous. Yeah, really good stuff, that. Um, then we got a, got conflicted by what came next because we got a brilliant video package setting up Shinsuke Nakamura, sort of re-establishing him, re-emphasizing his submission thing, which makes sense because it was like, right, he won with the Kinshasa last week. But he also did a submission thing on Mad Cat Moss as well, mm. which is obviously now why that's why they were doing it. Um, now, I'm not that knowledgeable about mixed martial arts, right? But I do know that the jiu-jitsu claim in here was on a bit shaky ground. For, it helped him his precise striking. That's, that's, not, that's not the thing that it does. No, I don't know, Jack, about mixed martial arts, about jiu-jitsu, about any of this stuff. So I'm theoretically the perfect audience member to just swallow this verbiage yeah. as read, pretty much. Just, oh, that's what that means, does it? But it just sounded stupid. Yeah. Like, with no knowledge of what what is what. Well, I don't know which bits are the, like, hand-to-hand combat ones. I don't know which ones are the ground and power. I don't know which ones are submissions. I've heard all the words. I've played the USC games. I've, like, listened to you yeah. talk quite passionately about it. So I know that these things are things, but that's about the extent of my knowledge of them. Just don't make the copy so thick. No. And, like, I don't even it's mind... good video package other than that. Kind of a... Quite an elegant repackaging, really, because they've brought him back, and he's made, like... He's whispered aspirations to win the world title. Yeah. And he's probably not going to do it, but you want to make him, like, hard AF in the meantime? Not, 
that kind of hard. Yeah. You want to make him really tough in the meantime. And obviously, we're going to find out who his opponent's going to be, which is why he needs to be tough because his upcoming opponent also has some of these skills. Wicky, wicky. So, like, I like it in principle, just a bit dumb. Yeah, because it was immediately followed by carrying cross backstage, right? And I thought, oh, bloody hell, here we go again. And then I thought they actually did a really good job of, yeah, all right, I lost to all these people, but um, the, that wasn't the quiz. The I was going to say, there's a lot of real quizzing going on. The real on, quiz was uh, changing people. So he said, uh, it takes a lifetime to find your identity, can take even longer to make sure it's right, and then in three seconds, it can end. He says, look, I, I've never chosen to hurt anyone. It's the it's in the card, they decide. Um uh, you don't know who someone is until you take things away from you. I took away Drew McIntyre's temperament. I took away Madcap Moss's joy. <laughs> I took away Rey Mysterio's patience. And now I shall take Nakamura's honor. TikTok. Right. Stupid. Falls apart the tiniest bit of scrutiny. However, this is where I'm in such a positive mood with this show. However, it is my belief that Triple H knows he's kind of bet on a dud here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, what can I get out of this still? Because, you know who he didn't mention in this promo? was Roman Reigns. Remember when he stared him out that time for the belt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, keep them as far apart as possible because you did nothing to him, did you? Like, Karen Cross is not a guy, but he is a guy that can be built up for two, three weeks to lose a match. Mm. Like, he's a st- he's now a stage of a guy. So Shinsuke Nakamura beats uh, Karen Cross. En route to the next person on yeah. the SmackDown, whether it's an IC title shot against Gunther or whether he is going all the way to Roman, he's something that Nakamura has to do. And he, I feel like he will do it. This is what you do. Like, yeah. I watched, it was class on dinner. Go and watch, um, oh, you will do, because I think it was from Rampage, but the Butcher and the Blades promo on uh, yeah. Takeshita and Ken Omega, right? They're going to lose. But over the course of that promo, I've Enjoyed the butchering the blade enough. I mean, obviously the blade's resting on dynamite, so it's going to kick ass. I don't, yeah. the, I don't make the rules, but like they've made me believe that not only is that tag team match going to be class, but they are going to beat Takeshita and Ken Omega. They're not going to, but that's their job. Karrion Cross, silly bollocks as it was, did his job. Yes. Nakamura will defeat him, and then Cross will have to go away and pretend that he's done something to crypt Nakamura as well. But it's fine. Like it's, if this is a TV match in two weeks. No complaints. I'm not sure the match will be any good. I might have some complaints about that. <laughs> yeah, it strikes me that it's going to be, like you say, a short-term thing to because we had the basic squash for Nakamura last week. And then may- maybe they do it next week and then they draft Karrion Cross and they go, this is a completely new person on Monday Night Raw. He's yeah. not lost a single match here. I think it'd be quite funny if Karrion Cross went to NXT, you know. Oh, I've held the belt before. I want it again. I'm working with... I mean, yeah. Dijak kicks ass now. The biggest so. thing he corrupted was NXT. He tanked the fucking thing. That's what turned it into 2.0. <laughs> there was that awesome shot, though, with Keith Lee holding up both belts and him just ominously in the... That was kick-ass. Best moment of his WWE career. Yeah. Sitting in the stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That was just great. Yes. I mean, my favourite spot was one that probably wasn't intentional, but still... Uh-oh. So Strowman and Ricochet take it, take control early on because they're just a great team together. Strowman gets them in a position to to tag him Ricochet, <sighs> and then they go to do this spot where he's like, "Tag, you're in," but also I'm going to use you as a weapon. He 
Except he did it, but the Viking Raiders weren't there, so he just threw Ricochet into the ring, and Ricochet was like, what the, bro, what are you doing? So this was, you couldn't mask what had happened here. For those that haven't watched, the idea is, and they're doing it with Raquel and Liv as well, big partner, little partner, and little partner super athletic, so can be thrown. Yeah. Braun, the finisher, involves elevation by Braun to Ricochet, and this one is a tag. You know, when, like, the baby face goes to the heel corner and just pulls them in with an arm drag. Yes. Braun tags Ricochet, arm drags him in with such velocity that Ricochet's whole body, like, effectively, it creates the momentum of a dive to the floor. Yeah, or like a on, slingshot crossbody. Or yeah, something. like on the opponent, Ricochet is doing a somersault in midair off the, an arm drag, ostensibly, but is the, the elevation of it and the motion of it takes him forward and he bowls over the opponent. That's in theory how it works. It goes wrong if that opponent is exactly five steps back <laughs> because otherwise Ricochet just hits the canvas, which is what he did here. There was only, the only thing I thought here was, I oh, thank God they're, they're five steps back and not three steps back because otherwise someone's going to like invert their knee or yeah. something. <laughs> So he misses and he kind of grazes the foot of the Viking Raider. And Michael Cole and Wade Barrett have to be like, it shows you the impact of the Viking Raiders because I think Braun's head's gone a little bit there. There was like yeah. a line along those lines to try and cover it. They knew that you couldn't say what you saw was meant to happen. It was like, oh, that's Or a, didn't get all of it. Yeah, this is a double team manoeuvre that has not worked. And now Braun has put Ricochet in trouble. And they, But it was quite cool because Ricochet then had to sell it and recover from it. Yeah. It wasn't just, I'm up, I'm fine. Like, he kind of had to, like, shake the cobwebs off of it. So they look pretty stupid, but they got away with it in the context of the match, I think. Yeah, he recovered, hit the Viking Raiders for the dive. That took us to a break. Um, when we come back, we see that during the break, Valhalla has caused a distraction. She has hypnotized <laughs> Ricochet again. Uh, that allows him to take over. Eventually, though, Ricochet breaks free, brings in Strowman. Strowman hits a shotgun drop kick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and then he does the whole Strowman Express, but again, that gets corrupted by Valhalla. <laughs> um, and they get him back in the ring. Ivar hits that huge splash of his, and they effectively do that whole double pin thing, and Braun Strowman kicks out, yeah. which I thought, because I thought, oh, that must be the finish then, if they're doing the double pin, if they're doing that. Ivar's laying on him, and Eric's just sort of pushing on top, and Strowman just threw a shoulder up. In comes Ricochet, kicks Ivar in the head, jumping knee, Strowman again, throw, effectively this time, throws Ricochet into the Viking Raiders to uh, send Eric to ringside. Then Ivar got hit with a swanton bomb off Strowman's shoulders for the one, two, three. Love the finish. Always want to pay compliments to that because it's not... Braun is no higher than the top turnbuckle, really, and Ricochet can't leap off his shoulders in the way that he can spring off the turnbuckle. Yeah. But it's just really, he's on a man's body and he jumps off it. Like I really like watching that. Um, Takeover New York opener. Malachi, uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus yes. the War Raiders. Big blue upgrade button. Broadstone, no, I'm joking. But like, <laughs> this was nearly as good. Yeah. Because it was super fast paced, all action. Mm -hmm. um, Braun and Ricochet have got really believable tag team chemistry at this point. So it does not feel as if it's two singles guys that have been mm -hmm. smushed together. This was a, honest to God, earthy, worthy tag match that would in any other company like outright tell you that it was a number one contenders tag team title match, but it should be one anyway. Yeah. Like whatever's happening with um this six man at Backlash, once we're through it. And for that matter, the title match on SmackDown this week, would you like to assume that Owens and Zayn return? Please I've got, God. I've got my nervousness because of Night of Champions that they're gonna want to mm. get those belts off them. But anyway, like hopefully the babyfaces retain and I want to have a look at Owens and Zayn versus these two. 
I want yeah. to see how you deal with the ability of Ricochet and the, the size and the speed of Braun Strowman. The hot tag spot that I want to isolate here, not the hot tag, sorry, the like kind of a blind tag spot yeah. I want to isolate, is like they're working so... Sim- they're so simpatico with one another at this yeah. point that like Braun makes the tag to get in and with the Viking Raider in the corner but knows that he wants Ricochet to follow up straight away. So rather than just running into him at full pelt and then Ricochet having nowhere to go other than to get in the ring and then be forced out again, he makes the tag before he hits the offensive manoeuvre. Yeah. So Braun tags in, immediately tags back out. Oh, yeah, he's got five seconds. Yeah, then hits his offensive manoeuvre, then rolls to the floor, then the wrestler's still in deep shit for Ricochet to do whatever Ricochet is going to do. That sort of stuff is so crucial to making you believe that Ricochet and Braun are yes. legit and they're not just kind of like WWE faking it because there was now else better for them to do. And then you believe that and you're completely in the headspace that Braun and Ricochet are the real deal. You've seen it in other examples, but what you're seeing is the growth of the chemistry. And now they've beaten a very established team in the Viking Raiders. We said this on the preview, like as much as this Viking Raiders push has stuttered and stalled a little bit, they're like they're proper enough that this feels like quite a good win mm. for Ricochet and Braun. It does feel like an ascension up the ladder, and I just thought the match told that story really effectively. I love this team, and I really, really like this division. Uh, like I've got a lot of love. This showcase was like the centre. If this all falls apart tomorrow, if Vince just vinces it, we'll have the showcase as a yeah, reminder. Exactly. Ever so briefly, this division kind of kicked ass, actually. Like you were... Uh, there's a video coming to the channel, which I'm very excited about in a few days, where me and Sidge draft... Uh, respective Raw and SmackDown mm. rosters and tag teams featured in a way that I was most pleased about. You could really start sculpting divisions based on the amount of teams that are viable and are enjoyable at the moment. Mm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, moving on to uh, another big person, little person team. Obviously, the women's tag team champions. You have uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Before they're in action against Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green, um, they cut a little promo. Liv's all fired up, and Raquel's like, hey, 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 save it for the ring, because she's like, I'm going to get all kinds yeah, of messy in there. Do, yeah. uh, and they come down to the ring, and then out comes uh, Sonia and Chelsea. They cut a promo and heal it up, basically, before Green does the whole water spot with with Morgan, who's proper scrappy-do at this mm. point, uh, and fires off a dropkick straight out the gate. Um, they beat up Chelsea. They beat up Sonia. They're completely in control. Um, Green comes back, uh, sends Rodriguez to ringside, goes for a suicide dive. Rodriguez catches her, uh, but DeVille takes her out with a knee. That allows the heels to take over. They cut Morgan off. Um and as we predicted, I should say, on our preview, um, the story was that the heels kept trying to cheat to win by putting their feet on the ropes. It yep. happened like three different times. Uh, the referee kept catching them. Uh, Morgan eventually gets out of it. Rodriguez gets the hot tag. The Vader bomb twisting elbow looks like he's got the match won, but DeVille breaks at the pin attempt. This is, of course, for this women's uh, tag team championship, so I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Morgan hits Green with a backstabber. DeVille hits her with a boot to the face. But then Morgan, in all the confusion and the referees trying to deal with people getting in who aren't legal and et cetera, et cetera, um, Morgan throws water in Chelsea Green's face. Rodriguez rolls her up and Morgan helps her pin her. Not the most babyface result, but I suppose with all the shenanigans that had been happening earlier and maybe as a reason to justify the heels kicking off yet again to management, I thought this was a cute ending. Yeah, um, yet more WWE Dynamite, one women's match one angle that you were kind of hit over the head with. It was, the work was okay. I still saw in uh, Raquel Rodriguez in particular, just a little bit more hesitation than I would like from somebody that has kind of become one of my favorites. I love what they've got in her, and I love that there's time still to get the best of it. I think she's a, I think she might be like a women's champion main eventer in waiting. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want them to rush to it, but I think she's got the tools. Um, but in the tag team, there was a couple of times here, I'm thinking specifically, you know, when like she had to get low bridged, like she stood and took a couple of extra seconds at which yes. point the rope's been held down and you've just got to run. You've done it now. Like in, if this was real, I know that's stupid. You would just see that and, yeah. not, and not start running. So like, there was a couple of times I felt a little bit taken out of it. But as you say, the WWE love this anyway with their baby faces there. Well, turnabout is fair play. No, it's turnabout. It's not fair play. That's the very point. You shouldn't do that with your baby faces. But the nature of the Chelsea Green character in particular does, like, this helps her character. Yeah. Like, I want to speak to the manager. The thing about the, I don't like the term myself because it's such a dated one, but this is what WWE would, the Karen deal, right? You know when, like, you would see these tweets that would go viral or the complaints letters or whatever it was? The person is awful. Mm-hmm. Or uh, just unpleasant. Yes. And But at the root of their unpleasantness is something they believe to be true. Yeah. So you are what you're watching is not like this person kicking off for no reason. It's like, well, 
I might have been on your side once upon a while, but you have alienated me so much with the personality and the way exactly. that you've chosen to flag this yeah. up that I no longer care for the thing that you were wronged in the first place. It switches your feelings of justice and like unfairness. Yeah. And it actually makes you turn on the person that should be getting their vindication. That's the key with the Chelsea Green character. Like you're supposed to hear her side of it and then watch that she completely erodes your good faith. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what she'll do here with this finish. Exactly. Um, so, yes, uh, they retain the women's tag team titles. Not the only title match, of course. Mm. Uh, but before we get to that... Hey, Kayla! Uh, Kayla Braxton is backstage with Matt Riddle saying, you sure it's a good idea to go after Solo Sokoa again and on your own. And, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't here. The Usos clearly are. We can all wait to see where this is heading. And Riddle's like, I don't care. I'm going to bury him under a table like he did to me, basically. Yeah, which is that WWE thing, isn't it, of saying... Like, at least the babyface didn't promise a victory. Yeah. Promised a thing, got the thing, didn't promise a victory, so that then he wouldn't be made out to be a liar and, like, a loser mm. by the end of the night. Right, preemptive. Oh, my God. I see title match oh came my next. God. Gunther versus Xavier Woods. Uh, just a really good, fun 10-minute I see title match yeah. yet again here from, from a... a Gallant babyface just smushed yeah. by Gunther and his unstoppable reign, basically. Um, Gunther dominated early on, chops just murking Xavier Woods. Uh, he keeps trying to fight back. He does at one point, and Gunther just puts him in a sleeper to slow him down. <laughs> uh, and then when Woods tries to escape, he's like, okay, here's another job for your troubles. Um eventually, though, Xavier Woods does that brilliant comeback that only he can really do, where he just it's brilliantly sort of, uh, I don't know how to word it, but he's just so smooth in the way that he, oh, dodges Gunther, slides through his legs, hits an elbow, and from barely, you know, it's minimal offense, effectively. Mm. Gunther's like, well, okay, which one of you hit me? What's going on here? He sells <laughs> it brilliantly. He's so so dazed by this comeback mm. already. He rolls to the outside just like, and just need a minute. I need a second. But Woods obviously realizes he's got to get on him. Dive to the floor. Uh, Gunther's just pulling out chops to try and desperately get some separation. Love Woods. those. Love those. Just, I need I need a minute. Yeah. I'm going to chop you to buy myself a minute. I love those ones. Woods recover, pushes Gunther down, hits that huge leg drop, which oh was ruining his arse. Oh, just a arc of it, the height of it. Yeah. Like, you pictured it not in that building, but on like one of those indie shows where he just hit his head on the little ceiling or something because <laughs> he gets such height, the crescent of it. It's beautiful. Huge leg drop off the top for a great near fall. Um, like we said, I just need that moment, whether it was a backwards or a, or a spot like that, where I thought, ooh, not actually yeah. going to buy, he's going gonna, to, Gunther's going to retain for a long time. But I needed that spot in there to give me a little bit of, not hope, because I was hoping the right result came about, but just intrigue, I yeah. suppose. Gets Almost gets powerbombed as Woods. He slides out of it and goes for a pin, like an O'Connor roll or whatever, um, and gets another couple of near falls, but then Gunther kicks out and just snatches him into a sleeper. And, uh, well, I would say gets the submission, but gets the... Technical knockout, whatever the term is. Yeah, Woods passed out, didn't he? Yeah. So it wasn't even the three hands. It was oh. the one, yeah. I love the one. They've done, whether the moment they change, I get why they do it. Yeah. Because you go one, two, and then Hulk Hogan goes, oh, mm -hmm. no. But, yeah, the it, it's it, that used to really wind me up. Because I'm like, so you've gone, one, you're unconscious for five seconds. <laughs> two, you're still unconscious for five more seconds. Three, oh, no, you're back now. 
It's real <laughs> feeling, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I realise it's professional wrestling. Come on, Adam. But I don't know why that just, just really wind me up. So I thought it was just great. If it was like, stop, 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 stop. He's out. Okay, please don't kill him. Finish kicked ass. So the fact that he'd gone for the sleeper early on as a way to do a bit of a calm down, dear, yeah. on Woods's uh, energy and electricity and momentum. And it was like, Gunther, the whole idea of this one was Gunther knew he could beat Xavier Woods, but he didn't think he'd have as much trouble neutralising him. Exactly, and yeah. that was the story of this match, and the, the run time helped that as well, because it was really succinct. The whole thing was done and dusted in about 10 to 12 minutes. minutes it was though, just yeah. like... Like, it couldn't have been booked any better, this. Woods got all the amount of hope he had because it was never about, like, to your point, really, it was never about winning. It was just about hanging, and he did for a bit. But Gunter's, the, like, the dominant Intercontinental Champion for a reason, and you've got to get out of bed even earlier than you did here to beat him. So you set the sleeper up early as a possible solution to Gunter's problem, and then that's what he goes to at the end. That's John Moxley booking. Yeah. This point now... Gunter's chops can beat you. Gunter's chops are so hard, they can beat you. Gunter's powerbomb is devastating. It is a finisher. Gunter's lariat from like... That from new swinging finisher, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that swinging finisher he's got. Gunter's lariat from deep is the thing that beat Sheamus at Clash at the Castle when like all else failed. He had just the power of his swinging arm to get it done. From off the top? Yeah, the one at the splash off the top and now... A submission. You cannot let yourself have that close contact with Gunther because if he's got any ounce of energy in his body, he's got the strength and the engine to lock you tight in a sleeper. Yeah. Fantastic booking of a continually fantastic reign. Like you'd think that Gunther would get by on looks alone, <laughs> but instead his arsenal is as full as it is. I absolutely fucking love Gunther. He is my favorite WWE sports entertainer. The artist formerly known as Walter yeah. is my favourite WWE sports entertainer. I love that the bones of this got, man. got beat, beat in the Survivor Series in like five minutes. Yeah, they are nailing this. I cannot wait for the next TV Intercontinental title match in which I hope he retains. I cannot wait for the next pay-per-view one in which I wonder if this might be the night. I cannot wait for Sheamus to get one more go. Like, where's he? Like, him and Drew. I know there's the Drew, like, Kendrick stuff. But, like, they're as good as dead, as they should be in the narrative because that WrestleMania match took lives off us all. Yeah. Like, this run is amazing. Like, treasure it, toast it, love it. Here I am talking, like, 2021 AEW again because one day it'll be gone and you'll want to remember the good times when you were still in them. Just, I mean... I know people have said, oh, well, it's XL, you need to go big, Big, big for your main events. And people are talking about Stone Cold and The Rock. Mm. and all. Don't need it. Cody versus Royal Rumble winner Gunther. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, but if you win the Rumble, you get to fight for a belt. Let it play out. <laughs> <laughs> At least until Backlash when Brock probably beats him. and then it I go, feels really I high stakes that all of a sudden. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to be at a wedding that night. I'm just going just gonna to check my phone. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Uh, we get a great video package recapping what happened with the tag team titles in the main event of mm -hmm. WrestleMania 39 before the world imploded. Um, <laughs> and then here come the Usos. The bloodline is now in your city. I still do that at home when I'm watching it. One finger goes up in the air. Aloise, Aloise, take your headphones out. <laughs> Put your finger in the air. If I know you, when Baby Wellborn is here, like they've got these 
just these beautiful porcelain little hands and you're going to be doing everything you can possibly do to try and make the index... Put your finger, put them three fingers down. Yeah, the index finger raised. The baby's stretching in the morning and then, then you're going to be like, oh, look, the baby's stretching, that's so sweet. Bend the fingers down, leave the one up. Acknowledge me! <laughs> what was his first word? Don't care. Acknowledge me. And what was his first word? Tribal chief. So, the little baby... Everything goes completely silent and still in the World One House. That almost never happens anyway. But it all goes, everything goes silent and still. Here to the, uh, the Moses basket. I acknowledge you. <gasps> you hear that, Louise? And it turns out she was just watching the Clash press conference. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Usos are out. Um, then we asked a lot about how they've been feeling since losing at Mania. Um, they don't know how to feel, basically, but they're going to do what they always do. Bring back gold. I'd feel pretty paranoid if I watched last week's SmackDown and Paul Heyman was staring daggers at me. Didn't need to. Oh, they were there in person. Don't you don't watch to. the show when you're there, yeah, do you? Of course, don't yeah. Need to. Don't need to. Yeah. Waste of time. They're going to assume that Roman Reigns, the man that was awful to them when they were champions for nearly two years, is absolutely fine with them. He's fine. They're going to assume that. He's just busy, so he's not responding to their message. Just busy, isn't he? Yeah. Busy. Too busy to contribute to a storyline that they've got no ideas for because it should have f***ing ended at WrestleMania. Let it play out, mate. See? Let it play out, mate. Play more juice in that fruit. No, there isn't. Where are you going to go? What would it be like? You can't just have a babyface champion, mate. It's not that straightforward. Come on. Road Dog told me that. When's he ever been wrong about anything? I can't. There's no juice in the fruit. Like, it's. we're not even talking like raisins from grapes. <laughs> There's no reason. I love me. What was the little box you used to get at school? Sunmade. Yeah. Oh, Sunmade raisins were goaded. I have no problem with raisins. You know what I don't like? Raisins or other associated fruits in chocolate. Oh, here's a question for you. And this is going to be really interesting because I'm 100% with you on that mm. one. Do you want a dairy milk? Yeah. Do you want me to ruin it for you? Oh, God. What are you doing? Yeah. What? I can manage a whole nut, but again, people with nut allergies. Like, that's. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on? Mm-hmm. Hang on one second. God, I'll move a bit further back here, just in case, ladies and gentlemen. Raisins in cereal. No! What are you doing? I, no. One of my kids, right, likes Weetabix with as much fruit as we've got kicking around. Oh, he nice. wants grapes cut up. He wants... It's the most Tory thing in my when life. We, when we go for a play day, don't... Sorry, did you swear there? I should just write that one down. I, I don't think I did. Well, I said Tory. You can bleep that if you okay. want. It's a swear word in my house. But, like, um, I, he loves, like... I don't know... I, I don't know, somebody once, it wasn't me, like, <laughs> volunteered the idea That's corrupted of, one of your children? Yeah, volunteered the idea of blueberries, grapes. Oh, you dirty bit, bastards. You know, like, what a cereal advert wants cereal to yeah. look like, when really, what you want to do is get to 11 o'clock at night and get, a, like, a pasta bowl full of, yeah. like, full of Cheerios instead of, like, have this shredded wheat with three bits of fruit as part of the bar. Don't use milk. It's Greek yogurt. You're living your best life. No, thank you. I want supermarket own brand milk, the cheapest I can find it, blue or green, but not red. I want it over. Ugh. I want it over the cereal. I want it to be dark outside, and I want the cereal to be 96 percent sugar. Bought my first ever. Is it a six pinter? Oh yeah. I can't handle it. It's too much. We you have to pour it sideways. Nah, man, I, I a, can't do it. Uh, I'm a six pinter veteran. We always get the. It's, yeah. uh, as you can imagine, I go through quite a lot of milk. We always call that buying a cow. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's a, which are like, do we need any milk? Oh, we've just bought a cow. That's like the. Nah. Yeah, we, I, we did the old Sunday shop and it was like, do you want this one disgusting looking banana? <laughs> you know, we can't be asked to restock because we're going to be shutting in 10 minutes. And I was like, I'll just get some milk and everyone, all the four pinters had gone. So it was either, I'm not going to, what I look like, a mug getting a two pinter? No. Yeah. 
I get a six-pinter. We had some lean years when I was younger, and my dad was really amazing at making, like, pennies last like they were pounds. And he used to buy um, milk. I don't know how he knew this right, but we had a supermarket, and he, there was, like, a day when sometimes, like, they don't do this anymore, I don't think, where, like, milk would be whoops-priced or whatever the Morrison's equivalent of whoops. Yellow sticker for our American listeners. Yes. Very, very cheap, last minute, just before end date, expiry date, expiration yeah. date, um, best before we call it here. He would get that milk, and then he would put it in our freezer. What? Right? So we would have, like, a cow of milk in the freezer, and he'd, he'd worked in food a bit, worked for Couplins. Oh, great, yeah. A great bakery company. Um, and he reasoned that once it defrosts, it's got, like, new life in it. And it worked, actually. So, like, we'd make minuscule savings on minuscule prices and in yeah. mind. It's like, oh, we're not going to be plunged into debt and have our house yeah. taken off us. But the milk would melt in the fridge, like, piecemeal. So you'd have, like, what looked like a Titanic iceberg in the middle of your cow of milk and be, like, trying to pour it out. And, oh, God, please don't let the ice come out with it. It slips it and it yeah. blocks it off. And it so no milk off, coming out. Yeah. blocks it off at the top and you're, like, shaking. Oh, just a really happy and also tragic memory of my youth there. Thank yeah. you very much for that. I will say this, my one exception to the rule, because mm. I agree, Weetabix should just be eaten with semi-skim milk or whole milk if you're treating yourself. And loads of sugar if you want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cornflakes with raisins is, is my guilty pleasure, yeah. Ugh. But it has, like, my parents used to give it to me and they put like 10 raisins. Now I need like an entire bag of raisins. I want some, I want some raisins with a few I want it, Yeah, exactly. I want to be chewing it and then go, oh, there's a crunchy bit there. And that's a cornflake. One of my kids loves raisins so much that when we went to a hotel with a buffet breakfast, and I thought, right, I'm going to show how this is done. Back comes my plate with my traditional five sausages, whatever it is. (laughs) He just couldn't believe his luck that he could get unlimited raisins. (laughs) Can I have some more raisins? I mean, you can. You're going to regret this in about six hours, kid, but go and get all the raisins you want. You're on holiday. Uh, So, yeah, the Usos are still cutting (laughs) this promo. (laughs) I have no idea. I can't stop thinking about that iceberg in the six-pinter of milk now. Okay, like, sometimes it would come out so... It was fine for brews, but, like, sometimes in the cereal it would come out so watery, man. Oh. Times are hard. Um, <laughs> we've got a big trios match at Backlash, and, of course, <laughs> next week we've got the huge tag team title, a WrestleMania tag team title rematch, um, and they're dedicating their victory to Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief. What could possibly go wrong mm-hmm. there? Uh, they're going to be the nine-time champions, uh, the Bloodline with the gold again, and uh, Riddle's about to get bodied by the Samoan Savage, the street champion, the enforcer of the Bloodline, Solo um, Solo! He comes out, um, and it looks like Matt Riddle's going to make his usual entrance, but he jumps Sokoa from behind because it's no DQ, and they just get into it straight away. Uh, Sako immediately takes back over, I should say. Gets kendo sticks, gets chairs from under the ring. Uh, Riddle tries to use them. Sokoa cuts him off, beats him up with a kendo stick. There was a bit where he was, like, driving it into his foot, I remember, <sighs> that looked great. Uh, Riddle recovers. Kendo stick uh, shots to Sokoa from Matt Riddle. He goes to pull out a table to a huge pebby, uh, but Sokoa cuts him off to huge abuse. Um, <laughs> Um, Riddle recovers abuse. Uh, and hits the broach on a Shut up, you abuse. <laughs> to take this to a break. Um, we come back. Sokoa hits a Samoan drop for a two count. Puts Riddle in the corner, wraps a chair around his face, of course, with all the history of that there. Mm-hmm. Goes for the splash, but Riddle just gets up and throws the chair in his face instead. I like that. No uh, chair shots to the head. Can I just throw it at his head as well as <laughs> I can? Yeah, you knock yourself out with that one. Um, he sends Sakura into another chair, knees the chair, he does the whole catch this, and then knees it into his face. That looked great. And then he gets him and ex- hits an exploder onto four chairs that have been set up. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Sakoa's like, I need a second after that one. Rolls to the floor. Riddle tries going after him, but Sakoa grabs, grabs his leg and just slams him on the apron. Uh, he chucks Riddle over the announce table and tries to flip it over. But Riddle's big, strong legs stop that from happening. Uh, he regains control, and this time he turns the table onto Sakoa. How the uh. turntables. <laughs> uh, so he's achieved what he set out to do. Yes. Not won yet, but he's achieved what he set out to do. Of course, this brings out the Usos. He fights him off. Takes him out with a floating bro. Um, Sokoa gets her out from underneath the table. Riddle tries to hit him with a flash knee. Uh, hits the ropes. And Sokoa, um, they realize this subsequently on commentary, hits a great flying Samoan spike for the one, two, three. Was that a clothesline? Oh, it might have been the spike. Yeah, it was a f- spike, Michael. <laughs> Michael calls it. It's, it's a finished dumbass. Yeah. Oh, it's a spike then. Uh, and then post-match, the Usos hit the 1D through the table. I've never seen that manoeuvre before. Um, to get the uh, real exclamation point on this. And, of course, lead us into next week's huge tag title rematch. Or this week's, I should say. Yeah, to conclude my, at this point, exhausted AEW analogy. Like, a really committed main event. Wins and losses matter. Solo Sokoa has lost once. That loss is to Cody Rhodes. For some bollocks that you're going to tell me about a story, but... Nonetheless, it does matter that he has lost once and does not like the taste of it. Thank you very much. Riddler's come back and feels, shockingly, no worse for getting beat here. Because yeah. you can do this. You can just commit to characters. Riddle, like... I'd 100% had, buy him as a challenger for, for Roman well, in a month's time or whatever. So I'm so sorry to the person that has mentioned this on Twitter. Is there a storyline where Riddle can't fight for the title again? I know that Brock signed Oh. Roman, and I know that Street Profits couldn't fight the Usos. Um, is there one? Maybe you're right. Riddle? There. Well, again, I, I'd forgotten that too because we've been talking about that and talk about possible challenges to Saudi Arabia and stuff. Maybe I have to do some digging on that one. But nonetheless, Riddle wants to stop the bloodline and wants to get his pound of flesh from Solo, but very least for the and hasn't been able to do it here, despite the table tip, or at least got some of it with a table tip, but definitely wants more in the six man. I totally buy the motivations. Don't feel like Riddle's been remotely damaged by this result. Glad they've committed to it and followed through, haven't just used the Cody loss as a kind of, well, he's lost now, so we can get the odd L and him whenever he needs. Solo getting beat should still matter just because it's not an undefeated streak. And I like that. I um, saw a report that said he'd lost a house uh, house show match. Right. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. look how far we've come that the people are going, guys, have you seen this? He lost a house show match. That's it. And we're, that's the one thing about losing an undefeated streak on TV. You can do house show yeah. defeats. Like, you can absolutely sort of... If he'd never lost on TV and you just abandoned oh, the house God, shows, yeah. not on, especially not in the internet era, you you know you've got to see them see them through. But we're past that now. Uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, the I'm running out of patience with bloodline interference. Is the quick fire answer to everything? But this was an ODQ match, yes, and the whole situation of Riddle's mates not being there was very well established. Exactly. Um, this was to illustrate that. Bloodline is fine, capital F. It's obviously not, but we can pretend it is while dad isn't here and while there's nobody there to shout us down and tell us yeah. otherwise in the form of Zane and Owens. I like the six-man for Backlash. I like this match here. I, I think the physical chemistry between all six at this point is completely assured and it's going to be great in front of a hot crowd. Feels like main event level, even if they do go with the Judgment Day LW. I think you've got a good couple of candidates yeah. for the main event of Backlash as well. Uh, yeah, just a nice, if, uh, for a weapons match, unremarkable. Yes. A nice way to end the show with the the storyline being developed. It's not just a rehashing of the stakes for the six-man. We are having 
what happens when characters aren't there? What happens when characters want to get the revenge? And yeah. maybe, like, Riddle was not stupid. He was bold and brave like a baby face. Exactly. And has, and has fallen short defiantly. That's that's the story here. I also love the fact that we're like, yeah, it's nothing special, the no DQ match. Like, okay, well, you come in and take 10 candlestick shots and then explode through some chairs. We're not yeah. saying that, No, obviously. they brutalised each other, but it's wrestling's choice to make these matches a chapter of the story rather than exactly. the payoff. So that's how, like, you, you kind of, that's how you've got to receive mm. them. If, yeah. it, if it's the end, if it's, the, if it's Moxley and Page in the, the blow-off at the pay-per-view, that's when the weapon stuff is like end-of-the-world stuff. Exactly, yeah. We're being told that this is to tee up a six-man, so that's how we'll receive it. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a chapter in the story. And you're going to finish the story, let it play out. Stop this. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Sid will be here a little bit later on to review AW Rampage, and then all three of us will be back to preview Monday Raw a little bit later on today. Uh, but for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.